Welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debts with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. And that's actually what we're going to dive into for today's topic. We're going to learn all about what a licensed insolvency trustee is. We're going to learn about the difference between an LIT and a bankruptcy lawyer and a financial advisor and how it works right across the country. To tell me all about this, I've got Derek Chase joining me from Derek Chase and Associates, licensed insolvency trustee in BC. He's from Campbell River. Derek, thank you very much for being on the show today. Oh, hi, Wayne. Uh, you're welcome. I'm really looking forward to it. It's always good because we, we like to answer these questions that uh, maybe we use terms sometimes on the show that a lot of people maybe don't even understand. Like we say licensed insolvency trustee. We throw this around a lot, but let's explain what a licensed insolvency trustee is. It's something that you don't hear about a lot and then you see it and you wonder what's going on there. A licensed insolvency trustee is an individual that's been licensed by the federal government and given the authority to look into either a person or a company's finances and help them restructure those finances through um, possibly a proposal or a consumer proposal. Um, we do have the authority, the only ones in Canada, to administer a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy filing. And we're also required to be involved with receiverships, which are settings where uh, usually a lender is taking control of a company. But it's a, um, it's a formal licensing. It's a way to ensure that the uh, integrity of the federal law is maintained and um, it's, it works well. It's uh, interesting that there's not a lot of trustees, licensed insolvency trustees in Canada. It, it's my understanding that there's approximately a thousand. And when you think about a country of 35 million, that's, that's not a lot. Wow. So how do you go about becoming an LIT? Well, uh, it is a rigorous process to become a licensed insolvency trustee. Uh, the vast majority of LITs have an accounting background, and it's my understanding that that's the case. Uh, there are LITs that don't have a, a formal accounting background, and we're able to qualify based on their different experiences in life, such as uh, being a lawyer or um, other avenues. But the majority are formally trained as an accountant, which dialing it back even further means that um, LITs would firstly have a university degree and then likely have become a chartered professional accountant, a CPA. And at that stage, you're able to start gaining experience about the world of insolvency. And uh, if you decide to go forward to get your license as an insolvency trustee, it takes approximately three years from that point to, to go through the different courses, which you're doing while you're working. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be, uh, I was just looking back on that with my wife the other day and thinking, wow, I was studying and working and we had these little kids running around and, you know, it was, uh, it was a busy time in life for sure. Uh, but the fun part, Wayne, is that once you do your written exams, then you get to go in front of an oral board exam. And that that's a, a heart pounder because <laughs> um, you've got three or four people that know their business sitting in front of you asking you very tough questions. 
and you can't uh, you can't sort of bluff your way around it. You have to you have to come up with the real deal as far as an answer goes. And so you go through that oral board, and uh, once you've done that and had a certain amount of experience, you you are granted a license by the um, federal government. And it is all regulated, as you said, through the federal government. This is like a rigorous routine to become a licensed insolvency trustee. It's a lot of work. It is for sure. But like anything in life, it's uh, good things come from what you work at. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rewarding job, believe it or not. It's, it's, you see a lot of lives change for the, for the better. There's, it's not just doom and gloom. It's more, here's a, here's a pathway you can go either personally or with your company to, to get to a better place. And yeah. And it's uh, very much more hopeful than you think. Hmm. No, I would expect doing this and interviewing so many licensed insolvency trustees. I just, I think it's a wonderful. And I, I didn't really understand that world. I'd never really heard of, I'd heard of bankruptcies before, but back many, many years ago, but never in, you know, in consumer proposals. And I really didn't understand exactly what a licensed insolvency trustee is. And then when I found out, I was like, well, the world needs to know the information you're giving, this is so different than, you're not, you're not dealing with people in an alley going with a trench coat going, hey, you're in financial trouble here. Let me help you out here. You want to get some more money for you. You know, this is, this is regulated right from federal government on helping people get out of very bad situations. Yeah. And the department that the, of the federal government that, you know, oversees uh, trustees operations you know, their motto is to protect the integrity of the insolvency system in Canada. So there's, I think the public should know that, um, Canadians should know that it's a, it's a good system. It's it's well-respected internationally, and it's I think it's a good, fair system that we have in Canada. Do other countries have this kind of a system? Um, not exactly. Um, I You know, most advanced economies have some type of insolvency system, but there's always different nuances. You know, I, I hear sometimes of people making reference to the chapter seven or chapter 11. And, you know, these are references for the American system and the American insolvency system is much more lawyer driven and uh, it's just different. It's not bad. It's just different. So when you hear bankruptcy, somebody going into bankruptcy as a person or as a business, do either or have to work with a licensed insolvency trustee? Certainly in Canada. Yeah. Yes, okay. for sure. Uh, uh, a licensed insolvency trustee is the only one that can can register that bankruptcy. And so you you, you have to have the service of a licensed insolvency trustee to, to register a bankruptcy in Canada. And where does a bankruptcy lawyer fit in? Um, the, you know, in, in larger settings or complicated settings that there's often lawyers that are involved that uh, would call themselves a insolvency lawyer or a bankruptcy lawyer. And uh, they're lawyers and they are very well versed in the different and various acts or laws that relate to uh, insolvency. And so just based on their experience and their knowledge of those different statutes, they would hold themselves out as bankruptcy lawyers or insolvency lawyers. They would be often working in conjunction with a LIT on a larger file. 
but they are distinctly different from a, a licensed insolvency trustee. Mm -hmm. And then we have the world of financial advisors. Uh, what's the difference between that and LITs and lawyers? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. You know, when I, when I see financial advisor, uh, my, my thoughts immediately go to someone that's helping a person invest some money. But um, there are other financial advisors that are willing to give advice in regards to uh, debt situations. And because it's such a broad phrase, it's, it's very difficult to have confidence, I guess, in what sort of advice you're getting there. Like, I, I don't think there's any regulation in place out there that would prevent you, Wayne, from saying, hey, I'm a financial advisor. Go ahead, you know, hang out a shingle and say that you are a financial advisor and see how that goes. Yeah. Because, you know, more than likely either some trained accountant or LIT or lawyer is going to have to clean up the mess. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very broad sort of loose label that would say that someone can give you some advice with finances, uh, but for a financial advisor to, I guess you're just not quite sure about the quality control there. Right. You, you, you don't really know what sort of quality advice you're getting. Whereas when you're talking to an LIT or a lawyer or a CPA, there's this rigorous training that I mentioned that sort of gives you that confidence that you're, you're dealing with some quality advice. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend this uh, career as a, to others to become an LIT? Yeah, I, I, for sure I would. It, it's an interesting day. I mean, you're always doing something different. It seems, as I mentioned, you're able to, uh, to see people's lives change and, and, you know, some people are extremely thankful as with any, any occupation. I think there's, there's always good days and bad days, but, uh, for the most part, I, I think it's a very rewarding, very rewarding area to practice in. And, um, there seems because of the modest amount of trustees across the country, I, I think there, there'll be always turnover there. So it would be, um, would be a good, good job to have to go for, I think. Oh, it's interesting because it just helps us with understanding when you are offering advice uh, regarding, you know, these debts that, that happen to people. And we talk about this all the time. It's not really of any fault of their own. Somebody can argue that, yeah, it is, but not really. You, you can go along and all of a sudden an illness comes along or a pandemic who expected this to go on for two years. And all of a sudden everything goes sideways with your finances and we're probably going to see a fair amount of bankruptcies or proposals in the next year. You know, it's possible. Um, there's been people saying that ever since the pandemic started and it hasn't been the case, but uh, you never know what the future holds. And it's good to know that um, there's quality people available to, to provide information. And I would never discourage someone from talking to a lawyer. There, there's, that's a perfectly fine thing to do. An LIT, my colleagues across Canada and myself, the vast majority of us offer a free initial consultation. We'll take 30 minutes and, and go through your, your setting and give you some feedback on that. I think that's very valuable. So it's um, there's information and there's solutions out there if you feel that you're getting uh, hemmed in with your debts. 
So if I'm going to do a 30-minute consultation, what's the best way for me to be prepared before I show up? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think we would have a more productive meeting if you came in to talk to me and, and you had a, a list of your debts along with the rough amount of what's owing on them. Um, if you had a list of your assets, you know, and specifically if you had a, a pretty good idea what your monthly budget is. Those are our three key pieces that we like to, to know about in order to give you the appropriate feedback. And if you had that ahead of time, it would be a, be a, a good meeting. All right. And then often solutions will come out of this. What do you find typically after that 30 minutes, what happens? Uh, sometimes people have to go out and find out a little bit more information. Sometimes they can see right away what's the, the right option. Sometimes it's just having a, an independent voice tell them something that they might have thought for themselves already. And, uh, and they just needed to hear it from, from someone else's viewpoint. So it's, it can go a lot of different ways, but um, without having that confirmation or that information from the meeting, uh, you're, you're very much still just sort of wandering around in, in a spot where you finding it difficult to make a decision. Yeah. It's always harder when you don't know, you know, you're speculating what could happen is way worse than actually having it written down and knowing specifically, this is the situation I'm in and this is what I need to do to get out of it. Or here's three options for me to get out of it. It makes all the difference for sleeping at night. Well, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, there's so many different situations that, that we see that it's very, it's hard for me to generalize the outcome of that meeting, but, uh, I can only tell you that, that I'd say that I would make a generalization to say that it's probably a statement along the lines of, oh my gosh, I wish I would have talked to you six months ago right. or, or a year ago yeah. and not have had to have these sleepless nights so often. So it's, it's, uh, it's good info for sure. Derek, this is fascinating. Thanks for uh, taking us into the world of a licensed insolvency trustee today. Anything else you would like to add? No, I don't think so, Wayne. That was a good chat. And um, I'm glad I can, proud to say I'm a licensed insolvency trustee and uh, my colleagues I know are good people. So it's, uh, it's a good sector of our, uh, of our financial world. Terrific. Derek, thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Derek Chase was my guest today, licensed insolvency trustee. As you know, since we've been talking about this and to schedule a free consultation with Derek or his team, go to bankruptcytrusteebc.ca. And that's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And of course, for more information, if you want to find out about budgeting, well, we've got a podcast for that. So just search it out on our podcast directory, debtmatters.ca. I'm Wayne. Thank you very much for listening.